What's holding you back is fear. And if you don't take a chance, you'll never know. So what I would say to your friends, and I would say to you, I'm glad that you reached out to me. Welcome to Hard Candy and Fruit Snacks. I'm Gloria Harrison, a TV producer living in New York. And I'm Carrie Clifford, an actor and writer living in Los Angeles. We first met in elementary school outside Boston. When I was part of a program that bused kids from the inner city to school in the suburbs. We're going to talk about privilege and disadvantage. And about what it's like to move from one world to another without really feeling at home in either. In this podcast, we're having conversations about race. And the awkwardness that comes with learning about people from another culture. So a lot of people have been reaching out and having listened to our podcast, right? Yes, a lot of people are reaching out, sending me private messages, messages on Facebook, um, text messages, and they're saying, thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you to you and Carrie. Thank you for doing or saying things that people have been thinking, but mm -hmm. no one has, um, you know, no one thus far has been able to do it. And I'm just saying, listen, we're happy that we could spark conversation. Totally. And, and we didn't even know what the reaction was going to be because we were like, well, you know, at least our five friends will listen and um, we'll put it out there. But yes, I am like so touched by, well, a lot of people that know us from growing up from Wayland have just said like, thank you and thank you for doing the work and like sort of like taking action. And um, it's so it's so touching that people are like touched by our conversation. I also love the fact that uh, MECO, the MECO program responded. I mean, how awesome yeah. is that? And then I'm also hearing from a lot of uh, alumni from the MECO program, actually um, black students who I went to school with is, that are saying thank you and that are saying that the conversations that you and I are having, it's bringing back some real uh, raw emotion and much like me that they had kind of forgotten about. Right. And in hearing us talk about it, they're saying, wow, I forgot I went through that. Totally. And I'm having like white friends, not necessarily from Wayland, and, and, but maybe they had like their own version of Metco or they didn't. Maybe they didn't have that any kind of integration. And I've just noticed a lot of friends kind of reflecting on their own upbringing and with people of a different race or not with people of a different race. And I just think it's it's really cool that people are able to reflect on that. And I don't know about you, but I'm not only, I told you about those messages. I'm also getting phone calls where people are talking to me for like an hour and a half. I'm like, listen, I gotta go <laughs> because I gotta work. Like, so I really think we should figure something out where people can comment it, you know, comment yes. and say how yes. they feel um, because it, it is sparking conversation. And, and I think that's what we wanted. Totally. We wanted I, to totally. say, listen, if we share our stories, maybe we can encourage other people to start having a conversation. Because I think, yeah. not, I, don't, I don't think, I know your goal and, and my goal was to try to, first of all, we we're just going to reminisce. And then the fact that we're in this, uh, the climate that we're in right now in terms of race mm -hmm. relations, we're like, you know what? Maybe if we can reminisce and talk about it and then maybe even talk about our lives now today, like from back then to, to now, inspire right. um, a difference. And, you know, my goal, and I don't know if you're up for it, like people are saying to me, I would love for you to talk to the MECA program or talk to right. other schools that are dealing with diversity, because maybe if you, Gloria, if you share your experience, maybe some of the MECA students that are in there now, maybe it could inspire other teachers to rethink how they're approaching them. Right. You right. know, so yeah. that that's that that could be a wonderful opportunity for both of us to to yeah. share our life experience 
and, and hopefully um, inspire change. Totally. And I will say like one of the things that people have been reaching out about is that because I talked about in the first episode, I think about how with everything with Black Lives Matter, like I wanted to reach out to you and just get your like feedback and your opinions about things. And I've talked to a few white friends who have said things that like they have wanted to reach out to a black friend, especially black females with the Breonna Taylor. Right. And then they felt insecure and they didn't. And I, I get it. I mean, I have felt comfortable talking to you, but we've been talking for a long time about this. But I, I was on a text thread with um, three other moms who happened to be black. And at one point, like I wanted to just say something to them, like even if it was just like a heart emoji or just like, I'm thinking of you. And then I, I second guess myself and I'm like, are they going to think like, what are they going to think? And I, I just wonder if we could talk a little bit about that because I, um, yeah, I let just me, think, yeah. yeah. Let me say this too. I think that's the problem. What you just said, what are they going to think? So that yeah. before we even doing and acting on things, we're overthinking it. Totally. Right? And so I am going to tell you just about, I mean, and I don't want to cheapen what we're dealing with because this is serious, but I think of it as almost a relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been married for 24 years and prior to my husband, you know, I always thought, so if you go out on a date, right, the guy calls you, right? right. If he's interested. <laughs> right. And then if he wants to go to another date, he'll call you, right? right? When I met my husband, we did that. And then I said, you know what? I, I actually like him. I'm going to start calling him. And mm -hmm. and it worked. Well, here we are 24 years later. But I say that about friendships, too. If you're on right. a call with three black women and you're cordial enough, all, what do you have to lose, right? I know. Right? So, so I just so, think... My but point I is think saying we overthink is, it. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know what? You got to take a risk. You're either going to go on right. another date. You're going right. to build a friendship from that text or that call. Or they're going to say, why are you doing that? What's holding you back is fear. And, totally. And, and if, I, you don't I, take I, it, if you don't take a chance, you'll never know. So to, what I would say to your friends and I would say to you, I'm glad that you reached out to me. Right. You're never going to know. There, There is no right or wrong answer in this situation. There's no playbook for what is going on in this country. And the problem is we're all overthinking. Totally. And, it's and a, I think mm -hmm. for, for people that are like, like obviously there's some people that are always doing the wrong thing, right? But people that are conscious and like want to help are just so pre-consumed with, am I doing the right thing? Is that the right thing? Is that insensitive to reach out that the Breonna Taylor verdict came in and I'm thinking of you? Is that... Is that, you know, we're just overthinking it because we just don't want to have a rift. But what happens? Want... But what happens, right? When we're doing that, it's what we've been doing for years. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. There's nothing. And so, you know what I feel bad about? Those women don't know that that's what you wanted. Your yeah. friends don't know. Their friend doesn't know that that's what they had in mind. They're probably thinking, right. oh, they're living their life. Nothing affects them. I'm going through this alone. I don't even know if they're thinking that. But what I'm saying is we will never know. And so I'm inviting and encouraging anyone. I don't care if it's a friendship, it's a relationship. If you don't take a risk, you're not going to know. You're not going right. to know that. You know, and I'll, and I'll tell you, I had um, a white friend who I shared it with, um, our conversation, and I couldn't believe it. I've known her for like 15 years. She said, Gloria, you're not going to believe this. When the Black Lives Matter issue 
started. It's been going on forever, but I'm saying with George Floyd, right. everything was going yeah. on. She said, I literally wrote you an email. I said, what? How long have you known me? She goes, I didn't send it. I put my feelings on a piece of paper because that's how much I love you. And I was hurting. I was hurting for what's happening to black Americans in this country. You being my friend. I said, oh, my gosh. I said, so this is so real. It's yeah. real what your friends are saying. My friend, I shared it with her, not expecting that. I'm like, but you know me. We are in a relationship, right. a friendship. Right. Pick up the right. phone. It's okay. She was like, and I know that. But I was vulnerable in that moment. And I said, totally. I hope Gloria knows. And you know what's funny? She didn't have to send that to me because I know. I've known her for 15 years. So right. I know how she feels. But for her to share that with me, it just goes and speaks to uh, how serious this is. And right. so that's why I go back to, I encourage everybody, we have to take risk. Time is of the essence. We cannot get right. back this time that we're in right now. The two pandemics we're in, right? Yeah. We can't, exactly. we can't get through, we can't get through it. And women exactly. too, what we know is we're stronger together. And I don't mean, I mean all women. And so, right, and right. so I encourage people to say, you know what, you got to take a risk. Hey, maybe I, I might set you up and I might tell you to send it to the to email or send a text or an emoji to somebody. And maybe that person, you might get that person on the wrong day and they may say, why are you sending me that? Like, I got to need you to right. feel sorry for me. Right. But that's the fear of it. And that's going to hold you back. You got to take right. a risk and maybe you'll be surprised. And I'm not trying to be, I hope this isn't taken the wrong way, but black people, we are the most forgiven We've been mm -hmm. through so much. We right. are the first group of people that will accept someone who says, I'm sorry, that will accept someone who wants to meet us halfway. It's not, I'm not making, it's a generalization, but I believe it with all I have in me. It's like, you know what? Most people would say, thank you. Right. Most people right. would say, I appreciate it. And, and you might get a few that say, you know, I don't really need you to feel sorry for me. Uh, you didn't need to send me that. That's, you know, I, I, I'm taking it back. But I think the, the, the risk is, it's important. It's like if you take right. it and, and I think you'll come out on top uh, more than you will have the person that gives you resistance. You know, totally. it will be appreciated. And, and like I said, to hear you tell me that and for me to share the story of my friend who said, Gloria, you're not going to believe this. I, I wrote you. I said, and I was in shock. Right. Because I we speak often. I'm like, you could have. She was like, yeah, but I'll be honest. I, know. I was going it's just, through it's, it. I just think like you, it, you don't want to offend someone anymore. Mm -hmm. Then there's already like emotions are so high, you know. And I, and I think another thing that kind of like on the couples with this is that I think there was sort of a thought that it's like, okay, this isn't the black people's responsibility to educate us white people. You know, and I think that there was a little bit of that, especially like over the summer, I think when it was just like a lot of the black lives happening, you know, like it's not, and I get that. It's not your, it's not your job to make me feel better. It's, and it's not your job to educate me. Yeah. And, but, and, and you know what I call that, you know, exactly what you're saying, but I call it teachable moments. And mm -hmm. in my adult life, I feel like I do that a lot. And to be honest with you, it is, it gets, it gets old. It's right. like, why am I always trying to teach somebody? Right. No one's trying to teach me, but I have to like, hey, that's not the right thing to say. Right. Or that's not the right way to approach something. But still, even with that being said, excuse me, it's still worth it's still worth the risk, I think. Right. And and, and but but you're good that you even would say that because some people would just be like, Ugh, she's an idiot. She doesn't know anything. But it seems like you actually take the time to say 
don't use that word or like that you, you know actually what, you know where that comes from we're gonna bring where? it right back to how we met seriously <laughs> it comes back to me being in a diverse environment and being right. able to talk to anybody and learn from people it helped me that's right. why i can literally sit and talk to anybody doesn't matter what they look like doesn't matter how much they make where they're right. from it's part of my upbringing, of course, but the fact that I was in an environment where I can, where I learned to be around different people that I say, you know what, okay, you look familiar to me when I was younger, you right. as an adult, now I see you and you right. still don't get it. And you know right. what, I'm going to try to talk to you. And then I see the ones that, you know, I bonded when I was younger and I see them in my adult life. Oh, I right. met somebody like you when I was in the fourth grade, when I was in the 10th right. grade. You know what I mean? Right. And so it speaks to who I am, but I also am grateful for the experience. That's how I think I'm able to do it because it's not easy. There are days and 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 I think you are the right person to call me because right. even when you call me, how long we have worked a lot together outside right. of our jobs and in our personal life. And so that's why I was, you know, excited to do it. There are some people that I probably would have said no to. Right. So it speaks to who you are, wanting to learn, wanting to give, wanting to share your experience, as well as who I am. And and that makes for a good combination, but it doesn't work for everybody. Right. And it's not easy. Right. And, it, and I get that, that it's like, it's not your job. But then I also feel like, well, I definitely have stuff to learn and I'd rather learn it from you than, you know, MSNBC or I don't, right. I don't know. I don't know exactly. where people, other experience. people are turning to. Yeah. But I'll tell yeah. you this. And I... I People have said to me, uh, some of my family, some of my friends, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. Like, don't do this. Like, you don't need to do this. And, and Carrie, I'm at a point in my life where I don't care anymore what people think. Right. You know what I mean? And if I, and the reason I finally said yes to it is because I realized that I do know a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people that are black. I know a lot of people that are white. I know a lot of people that are Hispanic. I know some people that are Asian. Like I got a whole rainbow around right. me, which means <laughs> I have a great opportunity. I'm put in a position where I can say, listen, guys, I know all of you and you guys right. know me. And I'm telling you, I represent um, a, being a black American. I don't speak for everybody, but I sure carry um, the heartache that is felt for mm -hmm. generations. I carry the the pain in my heart, in my soul, in my being. I get it. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm saying to you, even though I get it, I'm willing to talk to my friend who looks different from me, who grew up uh, uh, from a different experience and say to you, listen, how do we move the next generation forward? How do we do mm -hmm. this? 21, 22, 23, how is life gonna get better for our children? And it right. starts with conversations like this. And so, right. yes, Black Lives Matter and, and people feeling like, should we call somebody? If you're feeling that way, pick up the phone and call somebody. Send a text. Send an mm -hmm. email. And if you get cursed out, don't come looking for Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, but I'm saying go for it. Go for it. You, you, you'll be surprised. People want to talk about it. And I got to be honest, I have a lot of friends who... Quite frankly, I'm surprised they didn't reach out to me. But I also right. understand they must feel awkward. Totally. It's an and awkward I, and situation. I think, but, you're, but you're right. Like, I'll, you know, just to, even if if they, the reaction is harsh, just in the back of their mind to know that someone was thinking about you, like, who doesn't like that? Right. I, I get that, you know, someone might not want to, like, 
explain everything or like talk about how the black race has been treated, you know, whatever. I understand that, but I don't think that that's what people are looking for. People just want to connect and be like, I'm so sorry, everything that's going on and the spotlight that's been put on it has made me realize like how terrible this is and what a divide it is and how we, you know, can have shared experiences, but they're so different. And the things that you have to worry about are different than things that I have to worry about. Your conversations over the dinner table are different than mine, you know? And but you know how many that, people don't realize that you got you, we've had that conversation before that mm-hmm. it is different that it must be different and when you say people just want to say I feel bad or I'm thinking about you to be honest with you it's not just a quick conversation like if you right. look at psychology and you look at books right now what they're saying is guess what people are hurting and they don't know how to verbalize it, but this goes back to when they were younger. This goes right. back to their parents. It's the history of it. You know, when they say systemic racism, it's real. It's right. so real. And it's like, it's so broken. And how do we fix it? So it's not just a, like, it's a, it's a conversation. I understand what you're going through, but I don't really want expect you to, you know, talk about all that other stuff. Uh, to be honest with you, you can't have one without the other. because. Right. You can feel bad, but it's like, okay, you feel bad and thank you, but I'm still, I'm still here. I'm still stuck right. in this position and, and right. nothing, it doesn't seem like anything's changing. Right. And that's, that's where it is like, okay, well now I feel better because I said it, I said that I'm thinking about you. So it makes me feel better, but it doesn't, it doesn't change the history and it doesn't change everything that you're facing, you know? So I think that that's where people just bail. They're like, okay, forget it. Like I'm going to do the wrong thing, you know? But look at you. You not only reached out, you said to me, Gloria, let's look at organizations that we can donate. Let's look at organizations that we believe can help bring about change in this country. NAACP legal defense fund. Right. I oh by the way I had people reaching out to me say you and your girl got me to um, to donate (laughs) to Black Lives Matter. I said that's awesome. Good. You and your girl got me to vote. I uh, not to vote. I'm sorry to to donate. And I said, "Well, we'll get them to vote too. Yeah, we'll get them to vote too because that's really what it's about. That's where the change happens. Seriously, it's not only just talking about it, but moving stuff forward. And and that's what I'm proud about. You're not just talking it. You want to walk it. You want to feel it. You we we're saying it on this podcast, but we're trying to to really live what we're saying, and that's taking steps. You know, to to make life better. Is there anything that white friends have asked you that you do take offense to? Like, well, you mean, are are you talking about in terms of Black Lives Matter or? Or just being black, being different, just, you know. I mean, we're talking childhood, but yeah. Well, childhood, I'm sure. Like, like, because, you know, I do think that there are certain things that it would be nice to be able to ask your black friend about, you know, like right now I feel like with the, you know, the terminology and like, we're saying BIPOC now. And like you and I had a conversation a long time ago and not not a lot, like months ago, but I was, I was mentioning something and I was like, you were the only minority in a situation or whatever. And you were like, I was the only black person. And I'm like, yeah, but you were on the, you know, and like the, the terms change. And then it's like, I get insecure because I said the wrong thing. And I know that I, I know our relationship, I'm not offending you by using the wrong term, but then it is nice to have that friend that you could say like, okay, 
So are you on board with the BIPOC thing or do you want to be referred see, to as black? I don't black? even know do all you... these terms. Like, I don't even know what the heck you're talking about. You know what I mean? I got to stay up to, to, to par with that. I'm just saying to you, look, right. I know I'm black. I'm a black female. So when you're saying to me minority, I'm like, girl, all the whole class, 15, 20, what'd you say? Maybe 25 kids, all white. I saw one black person. And yeah, we right. kept going back and forth. You're like, yeah, one minority. Yes. I said, girl, I was the only black person in the entire right. classroom. So yes, right. yes, minority as well. So what right. I'm saying is everything's changing and... But people get insecure about that, you know? And it's like, and even the African-American thing versus black, you know? Like you tend to say black. So when we're talking, I say black. But I used to so, say African-American. I don't know. Like when I was a teenager, they, they were like, we're African-American. I used to be like, I'm an African-American student. And then I'm like, what? I went back right. to saying black and I don't know when I change back. Um, and sometimes people do say to me, you know, African-American... But I say black. I'm a black female, black woman. And and now I've heard with the BIPOC is black indigenous person of color. But then I've also heard black people say like, we didn't have any input on that. That was just a new label that came out, and we're like, uh, uh, okay. But you know that it it, it was I don't, what I've heard is that it's kind of from the the left. The left was the one who came mm. up with this new word this new whatever abbreviation that but not everyone's on board exactly. so then i i do think that it's like the same people who like want to want to reach out to your black friend but you <laughs> you get insecure and hesitate then you don't even you don't want to say the wrong word you don't want to say minority if we're not saying that you don't want to say you know and obviously we know like in the past there was you know you don't say colored anymore or whatever like right. there's obviously been like different terminology like negro um, like colored yeah, right. so we yeah, certainly exactly. graduated but from just, that. But again, it's the thing of like, there are uh, my my white friends tend to be the people that want to do the right thing, you know. And so we want to say the right thing. We want to use the right terminology. We want to reach out if that's the right thing to do, you know. So I think that's where some of like the in, the insecurity comes, or or the lack of communication, because like, oh, well, I don't know, should I call her black or? Mm hmm. I don't, I, I really just even listen to you. I'm like exhausted hearing all that goes into just even trying to approach somebody, you know, like it's too complicated. It's like, we got to go back to being simple folks. We got to talk, be right. human. Like, what does it feel? What? And I said it before, what feels right. Right. And, 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 and it's, I hate to equate it to relationships, but it's the same. It's like, if you want to talk to someone, you got to just put it out there. They're not going to know how you feel. If you want right. to say, hey, I care about you, how am I supposed to know that if I'm not around you and we're not in each other's presence? If you don't tell me, if you don't show me, I'm not going to know. Right. So, Carrie, I'm getting calls from family and friends also who are concerned for me. Mm -hmm. They're like, why are you doing this? Like, nobody cares. Like, this little wave of Black Lives Matter, this little wave of Breonna Taylor, um, Ahmaud, um, Aubrey, um, George Floyd, all this is going to go away. And then guess what? Most white people are going to go back to what they've been doing, not caring, mm -hmm. not caring. So why do you bother? And I said, you know, it's worth it to me mm -hmm. because I want to live in a place where it can be better for all of us. Mm -hmm. And I know that you and I working together outside of, you know, the podcast and like you talked about us, well, I can't wait to talk about that, working together in our 20s, working right. together with young people right out of college that we've right. always wanted to improve and help 
Um, I also want you to know that, you know, while you're getting calls, some it seems like people that want to see change, I'm getting also calls of people saying, yeah, they're just doing that because this is so much hype in the media. They're just doing that because we're seeing, you know, rallies and unrest in all of these major cities. But don't waste your time because they're not going to change. Right. And in my head, I'm saying, okay, but if I believe that, how am I any better? Let's just say that um, it's all just for show. Right. But maybe if it's just for show and in the middle of that, I can connect with a few more people. Somebody's listening. Somebody hears the realness of what I went through, what you went through, how we exchange, how we became stronger women because of it, then it's worth it. Somebody can say, listen, I didn't, this is what we're hearing too. I didn't realize Mecco kids went through so much. Right. I didn't realize there was such a divide. Right. No, and, Gloria, and I do think yeah. uh -huh. like, like your friends, like they're right, right? There's, there are a lot of people that this is just going to be like, you know, a couple months of attention for Black Lives Matter and then we'll get back to whatever. But I do believe that there are people who sincerely want to make a difference and who are realizing the divide, you know? So I do think it's both. And I think that reaction that you're saying that your friends are like, why bother, you know, whatever, that's the reaction that my friends are fearing when reaching out to say, I'm thinking of you, you know? And right, so but also, let me just, sorry to cut you off. Their reaction too has been, you know why their reaction is like that? Because for years and years and years, nobody has wanted to do anything. People have watched on the sidelines and said, you know what? So sorry, but not my family. So right. sorry, but not my neighborhood, right? And so right. that's why many people are tired and they're fed up. But I believe what you're saying, and I trust in what you're saying, that there are, even if it's just a small amount, that's all we need. We right. need a foundation of people coming together and saying, we're all going to work together. We're all going to try. And I think in doing that, um, there's hope. There's um, an opportunity for us to be optimistic about our future. And also, given the fact that I have three children, I can never give up. I have to keep fighting for a better world. I have to keep right. fighting for them and to encourage them to fight to make things better. And and that includes me meeting somebody halfway. Why not? Right. And that it, that includes me getting flack from some of my family or friends to saying for saying, why are you doing this? I'm okay with that. Right. Right. Because you get to a place in your life where you, you have to do the right thing. And that's why I encourage your friends. Stop worrying about what your other friends say. Stop right. worrying about, oh, oh, you're 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 friendly with her, she doesn't look like us, or you're friendly like like with her, she doesn't come from the same um economic status. So what? Right. right. And and I do think like you had touched on this before that it's like for you, these incidents of police brutality, like they've been part of your family's conversation. Like for me. They haven't because of course, like, you know, Trayvon Martin or like some of the more significant ones, but no, like I was naive to how many incidents have occurred and, and the rift between the police. Like I, I never knew that police would have it out for you or for, you know, like I never knew that because it's not a part of my, and that makes me feel guilty. And that makes me feel like, how can I be so stupid not to know that? And that's why I do think that it's good that there is like a spotlight on this. But then it's also, you realize things like, we, we were taught in school that Martin Luther King made everything better. Yeah. And that it was fine, that he fixed it. 
That's he how tried we tried to up. fix it. Yeah. But but I feel like that's what we were taught in school that it was like, oh, well, yeah, he he did it and Rosa Parks and like now it's fine, you know? And like obviously that's not true, but that's sort of like the I do think that's like the the education that we got and the manipulation, I think, right? To yeah. say, listen, this is what you, we want you guys to think, and you can feel good in knowing that we had this man in our history, in our time, Martin Luther King, uh, who marched on Washington for a better life for everyone. He did it. You're right, right. And that's a great feeling when we hold on. But the reality is, as far as we've come, we've got so far to go because right. we are still. For my parents, they feel like, man, are we back in the '60s? Are we mm -hmm. back in the 50s? It seems like we are reversing in time. And that's scary. And and like I told you, like you're, you have a son and I have a son. And I know that you were shocked when I was telling you the kind of stuff that I say to my son from when he's five years old. People are like, why are you telling him that? I'm like, what do you mean? He's black. He needs right. to understand who he is. And that's sad, but that is real. That right. is so real. That will affect how he interacts with a police officer moving forward in his adult life because he's understood from when he was a child. And some right. people say, oh, you're encouraging this, you're encouraging divide. Oh, hell no. I'm going right. to let him know because if I don't, I am setting him up for failure. And that like breaks my heart that I don't have to have those conversations with my son. You know, I mean, it's like you have to worry about things that I don't have to worry about. And you have to prepare him for situations that I don't have to prepare my son for. And that's like so unfair. Right. And so, but this is why the, I'm telling you, I'm excited about the podcast because I know that you and I have another 20, 30, 40, 50 years together to do something great. Because that means going into the school systems and looking at how we educate children and trying to find a commonality so that it's even. So if you're right. going to give college prep in the white suburbs, you ought to give it to Dorchester, Roxbury, Mattapan. You right. ought to give the same type of books. Do you know what my aunt said to me? I just did a family reunion, about 200 people. She said on there that they were given books in South Carolina after the white kids got new books. They would give them the old books, and those were the books that they would study for. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's Ugh. like for, for so long, we've right. not been important for so long and it's so unfair. And so when you say to me, that makes me feel bad. All right, so we're gonna put that into action. What are yeah. we gonna do? We wanna make sure that if, you're, if you're, you're doing college prep, if you're doing after school activities for one school, why can't you do it for the other? Right. If you're giving college prep to, to a certain uh, demographic, why can't you do it for the other? If you're taking the best teachers and putting them in the suburbs, why can't you put some and balance it out in the inner city? Why can't right. we do that? You know right. what I mean? And so and so that's what I'm excited about. It's, you know, and you know what I'm hearing also? People are sending me messages, educators saying, could you and Carrie come talk to us? Aww. I said, listen, we're not, we're not professors. We're not doctors. We're not psychologists. But they said, what you guys have is your life experience. Right. And that is priceless. There's two people coming from two different aisles. We're talking 20, 30. We don't want to date ourselves, right? 20, 30, 40 <laughs> years, right? And and yeah. having the withdrawal to say, I'm coming to the table. I want to right. break bread with you. I want to talk to you. I want to talk about your experiences. And that's exciting. That's like, you know what? I know that it's podcast is just another part of our journey, mm -hmm. right? But yep. really, it's what's happening 
when we turn this off that we're still trying to put our talk, our conversation into action. And and yes, and it'll take generations, quite frankly. I don't I think the conversation sadly will always be different. It will yeah, always but if, be different. If if it can be better for our kids than it was for us or was for you, you know, then then like we've done something, right? And I do think like I I, I wanna say my son is doing a better job and has um more of an integrated social life, you know, and I'm not saying that it's perfect, but I do think it's a lot better than mine. And he doesn't see that there's a rift. He's young, he's seven. So he doesn't, he doesn't know the history. He doesn't know that, but he doesn't see that there's a difference. And when I told him about Black Lives Matter in the beginning of the movement, and I, I kind of, you know, in a way that you would tell a six year old, he, his reaction was like, still? Mom, this mm-hmm. is still going on because he also was, you know, has learned about Martin Luther King. So he cannot fathom that we're still doing this. And he doesn't see there as being an issue because he has friends of different nationalities and different colors, you know, but so I don't know. But if you they... know what it reminds me of with him? Seriously, it goes back to our, what do I call it? Our racial innocence. We're about nine years old with our candy exchange. Yeah. How he is at that age. And guess what I'm excited about? I think you're going to give him uh, the environment that it will be different, that it will stay potentially like that. For us, we started off so innocent. And then it's the TV shows. And then it's your peer pressure. And then it's realizing like, oh, my little friend that I'm cool with at recess, mm, she's different. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. She's not in the same classes as me. Right. You know, and why is she only in the uh, drama club with me? Mm -hmm. Why is she only in chorus? Why is she only like, why do I, you know, see her mostly at recess, but she's not in the AP classes. Mm -hmm. She's not in classes for um, um, high achieving students. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like if we start now and being that your son has an opportunity, he's seeing diverse things. Same with my children. I think it's going to be better because we know it's like when you know more, you when you know and you know you have the answers and you have the knowledge, right? You're going to do better. Right. And if you want to learn, you you say, and listen how I do. I, I say to myself, everything I learned from my parents that I'm proud of, I'm moving that to my next generation. Yeah. If there's something that happened in my childhood that I'm like, you know what? I don't necessarily agree with that. I'm breaking the cycle. Right. Totally. That's what I'm doing. Totally. Yeah. That's what we got to do. Break the right. cycle. Right. So if you didn't like how that felt, you knew it was wrong, don't have your kids do the same thing. Don't right. have him do the same thing to his peers. Right. Don't be the parent uh, of a parent that you saw when you were younger that you felt in your heart that it wasn't right, but you couldn't say anything. You were a child. Now as an adult, you see something, say something, right? The New right. York motto. Right. Don't just sit there, <laughs> right? Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. You've been listening to Hard Candy and Fruit Snacks with my mom, Gloria. And my mom, Carrie. This episode was produced by Frank Bolita, Carrie Clifford, Gloria Harrison, and an ACL joint production. With the music by Alex Skolnick Trio. Check them out at alexskolnick.com. Tune in next time to hear more from our moms. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.